Oh, welcome back to MarTech Zone interviews. On today's show, we have Katie Marez. Uh, Katie is a leading voice inspiring positive, actionable change in organizations and people around the world using self-confidence and the woman's perspective as a catalyst. Katie is a speaker, author, and consultant. Uh, she's worked with brands including Volvo, Celebrity Cruises, and Canada Post. Katie helps businesses think differently about customer service and leadership. And Katie's launched, uh, recently published a book, Earning Her Business, The Importance of Tailoring Your Brand Experience to the Female Consumer. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. Well, welcome to MarTech Interviews. Uh, this is Douglas Carr, of course, and uh, across the globe on Zoom, I have Katie Maris. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And, and um, you know, it's it's always unique. When I, when I get a unique pitch, you know, for the podcast, I always love to get that person on uh, because this is one that maybe companies just aren't spending enough time on. And uh, you wrote this book, obviously, you know, to, to motivate businesses to take a closer look and to understand, you know, how females are impacting, you know, consumer purchases and the customer journey. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that first is, is why, why one, you know, companies seem to ignore this, I think sometimes, why is it so important? Yeah, I mean, that's a loaded question. Why do companies <laughs> ignore it? Um, well, it's funny. So I was, I was on um, my neighbor um, in Baja is he's a world renowned chef. He owns 65 restaurants around the world. And uh, most of his restaurants are in four seasons. He's actually endorsed the book. So he's read the book. He believes in the book. And it was quite eye opening for him. We were sitting on the beach fishing, believe it or not. And um, and he turned and looked at me and said, in all of my years, in all of the meetings that I have had with the top executives of the top hotel chains across the world, not once have we ever talked about the female consumer's point of view. And he said, you know, his eyes have been opened and this is a conversation that they should have been having way, way, way before today. And so what he says is that basically around the table, which is what I state in my book, is a lot of men. A lot of men with um, a few women, I, 80, I think it's about 81 to 85% of the world's executives are still men. Um, and when it comes from a marketing perspective, I mean, only roughly 3% of the world's creative directors are women. So wow. there, right, right. So there is a still a huge disconnect between who's designing experiences, who's designing the marketing and who's actually um, making the decisions. So women influence over 90% of all household purchases. She controls and influences almost $30 trillion of worldwide spending. She is the world's economy. Yeah. So we've got the, the woman who's the world's economy, who's making decisions for three to four generations in her home. And those actually just even outside her home, you think about every time her kids have friends over and the food she places on the table, the brand she decides, the brand of vehicles she decides to drive as those kids, you know, walk up the driveway. She is the number one referral source for, I mean, all companies, all types of brands in all industries. Yet we have men 
<laughs> designing the experience for her. So for myself, I had a really, really poor car buying experience. And it's my actually my opening story in my book. And I I was pretty much overlooked and I went to seven different dealerships before one took me seriously. And that sent me down a rabbit hole of research to discover that, you know, the experiences in the world are designed by men for men, mostly delivered by men. And yet women are the ones making the decisions. So I set out to change that. You know, it, it's funny because I, I think I'm just thinking about this anecdotally as you're talking about it. Um, I have a, a amazing girlfriend and I'm she's already influencing drastically. You know, like I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, she uses uh, natural oils. And, mm -hmm. and so one of the natural oils is a cleaner. And it's amazing. It smells beautiful. It fights bacteria and everything else. Well, now I'm using it all over my house because now my house smells better and, and everything else. Mm -hmm. And, and, I, and so it, it's just funny that you're saying that because I didn't think of it that way, but as you know, I just didn't really care what I was utilizing or how I was using it. And then the second example I'll give you that is horrifying that you probably experienced with your car buying was um, her air conditioning went out at her house and I happened to be walking in the front door and I was carrying like a portable air conditioner for her temporarily. And the salesperson that was there turned to me and started talking to me about the unit. Oh, yes. <laughs> and oh, I, yes. And I literally looked at him and I said, uh, I'm not part of this conversation. This is her home and she's the boss here. She's going to make the decision on this. And it really took me aback at how, how kind of blatant, you know, it was. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she told me her, her car buying experience was very similar. Um, she, she's a, a daughter of a GM, um, okay. uh, retired GM. So she gets great prices on cars and everything else. And she said that she walked into like three different dealers and they were, they were wanting to talk to her husband. Well, she was divorced, a single mom, ran her own household, owned her own <laughs> business, everything. And so the, so then the, she finally got to one dealership and the gentleman came out and he said, look, uh, before you buy this, why don't I just let you take it home for the night and, and, yeah. and you decide whether you, know, you want it or not. And he never mentioned anything else and he trusted her. And he, yeah. you know, and, uh, and sure enough, she went home, came back the next day and bought the car. So it's, I know that's a, those are three anecdotal, you know, situations, but it, it really is quite amazing at, you know, the, you know, because she has researched and done everything. I have um, That's the thing. So, yeah. I mean, women walk in way more prepared than men. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is women actually make purchase decisions based off of how we feel. So, um, our limbic brain, and I talk a lot about everything in my book is, is scientifically backed. So it's not just a woman saying, yay, I am woman, hear me roar. And let's, right. you know, because I believe um, a leader without followers is just somebody taking a walk. And this whole <laughs> female movement is, is a whole bunch of ladies taking a stroll if we don't have men coming along. So I truly believe in yeah. equality and 50-50. So when I, you know, share this information, it's because women are actually different. The whole men are from Mars and women are from Venus is a true thing. Yeah. And so our limbic brain, which is the part of the brain that, you know, controls emotion and memory, a woman's limbic brain is double the size of a man's. Hmm. So we make decisions off of how we feel and not necessarily, um, you know, 
what uh, facts or figures that a sales associate will give to us because we've already, we've already researched all of that. So when we walk through the door, we know those facts and figures we've made up our mind. It's whether or not we can create that relationship and feel safe and trust and, and know that that person is looking out for us and not just trying to get into our wallet. Um, And then also treats us like an equal. So a woman will, I mean, whether or not a man goes in to make a decision um, or so the sales associate feels like the the man is making the decision, the woman will influence the decision in the background. Yeah, absolutely. And, and she, um, she wants to feel good. So, you know, to your last anecdotal point there, um, she felt trusted and she felt like she was um, an equal and she felt like she could, uh, her opinion mattered. And it was all about how she felt. It wasn't about the vehicle because she already knew yeah. what she wanted. Right. It was about exactly. how she felt. Oh my God. That's a perfect, that's, that's a perfect way of putting it. And I, and I, and you're absolutely right because she felt respected and, and then, mm-hmm. and then now it was just her choice of whether she was comfortable with the vehicle or not mm-hmm. and, and the purchase and the purchase, right? She walked. Yep. So she bought the same exact vehicle. She just walked away from all the people that made her feel terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. Exactly. Yeah. And right now, I mean, the World Wide web is out there and I mean, you can compare anything. Right. I mean, you, you can, you, if we're talking about vehicles in general, your the make, the model, um, I mean, every single brand, every single OEM, they do the same vehicle for relatively the same price and relatively the same quality. So the only differentiator is the experience she, she gets provided. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating because I think overall, um, you know, I'm friends with a, a gentleman, Mark Schaefer, and he writes a, a lot about the human aspect of, of consumer behavior nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Now, now people are, we want to understand the brand's, you know, social issues. We want to, mm-hmm. we want to get to know them and understand how they're treating the environment, how they're, how they're treating their community, all of these mm-hmm. things. And I guess I never really registered that back to, you know, what is, because, uh, you know, take it from a human level. Now you're breaking it down into a male, female level, female level and, yeah. and, and millions of years of evolution, you know, that, that mm-hmm. made us, you know, uh, you know, allies, but, but, you know, thinking differently like that. And that's, it's, it's that's a fascinating, that's fascinating. So how, how did you, how, when did you decide that? I mean, obviously it was your own experience, but you know, what was the, what was the journey then from, you know, oh my God, something's wrong here, you know, to <laughs> writing a book and doing the research and everything to come out with this. So, I mean, I've, I've worked in, I mean, every industry you can imagine. So from teeth to shoes to um, any type of retailer, all the way through travel and then automotive, like you name it, I've done it. Um, but that automotive uh, experience the, for me purchasing a vehicle, as I said, sent me down a rabbit hole of research. And I just kept uncovering how, um, how women, the most influential consumer are being ignored, like put to the side. They're not even being looked at. The questions are not even being answered. And so I actually started, I created a keynote presentation and I started throwing it out there to conferences. And then I started talking about it. And then people started to lean in and listen about it. And then I thought, huh maybe I should write a book. So I started to research all the different 
female focused books. And I, you know, when I started to go down that path of writing the book, there had been only one book, um, Bridget Brennan's book, um, Why She Buys, uh, that was written almost a decade ago. Wow. And so nobody's really talked about it. Now there's a lot of small, um, small books out there on Amazon, some self-published books that are, they're good and I've read them all. Uh, but there's nothing really concrete out there that ties, um, research and the customer experience. So Bridget Brennan's book is amazing and it's from a very, uh, from a marketing point of view and it's very well researched and she's like an idol of mine. She's fantastic. Uh, but my book is very real life and it's um, how do you take all this research and actually turn it into an experience that women can't live without. Mm. And so that's what made me want to write a book is it, there's just a pure need for it. I mean, yeah. there's, I, I hope, I hope many more people write books on the female consumer because we are the most grossly overlooked consumer out there, yet we are the most influential. Yeah, isn't that incredible? Yeah, I, I, and again, I'm, I'm reeling from our conversation a little bit because I literally am just thinking about my own behavior as far as what restaurants we go to, where we think mm. about going on vacation, what we think about doing. I rely on, you know, my girlfriend for mm -hmm. almost all of that, you know, because yep. I know, one, I know if, uh, you know, I mean, just self If she's happy, you're happy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going to say the opposite. I wasn't going to oh. be, I was going to be self-deprecating. I was going to, you oh. know, I'm, I'm, I really am kind of a hunter gatherer. I don't have a lot of patience. I don't, you know, so if I want, you know, a pair of pants, I don't research them. I go, go buy a pair of pants yeah. and sometimes I get home and they don't fit. And I, you know, I take them back and go get another pair or whatever. Whereas, you know, she thinks thoughtfully about, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, about, about, I mean, she took me shopping. I'm 52 years old <laughs> and, and, and my girlfriend took me shopping and made me change what I was dressing. I love yeah. it though. And, so go ahead. No, well, I was, I was I, and I was just going to say how much I appreciated that because I guess I had just never really put a lot of thought you know, into yeah. that. It wasn't a matter of me, her being better or me being worse or anything. It was mm -hmm. just a matter of, I, that wasn't uh, as important until she made me realize how important mm -hmm. it really was. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's another huge physiological difference between men and women. So the whole, as I mentioned, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, if our brains, uh, I mean, men communicate with logic, one side of the brain, women communicate with both sides of the brain, creatively and logically. Yeah. And because of that, and because of the limbic brain, women, they want um, a hedonic atmosphere, a hedonic experience. So of the feelings, um, the smells, the sight, the lighting, the they want that entire experience where men yeah. are very utilitarian. And trans so what you described was a right. utilitarian aspect to shopping um, and to making the choices of what you buy. You go in, you go out, you get what you want, and that's it where women want to be smiled at and women want to try things on and women want to feel good. And what she's doing is giving you the hedonic experience that you didn't know you wanted. Right. Um, because as a man, you're, you're hardwired right. for the utilitarian experience. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's often, you know, I see it, I see it a lot in the, uh, in the software industry where people focus on feature, 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 Mm -hmm. And, and what winds up selling the product is benefit, benefit, benefit. And, you know, and, and yeah. so I have to, a lot of people are so proud of features 
you know, and I'm sure automobile sales are probably the oh, same yes. way. Uh, a man they lose every time. <laughs> yeah, a man might sit there and look at, you know, all wheel drive and this and that, you mm-hmm. know, whereas, you know, if my girlfriend was looking at a car, she was going to be, you know, can I fit all my kids in here? And can I, you know, what kind of gas yeah. mileage am I going to get? And what, you know, well, you and know. how does, and is my coffee cup, and no joke, is my yeah. coffee cup holder the right size in the right place? Yeah. Can I put my cell phone in the right place? Can right. I, how is it going to feel when I'm in the vehicle? How do I feel when I'm in the vehicle? That which, is what she focuses on. Which I want to say, you know, we, you know, I don't want people listening to think that that somehow is superficial. Those are those mm-hmm. things that once you buy, you know, I bought my last vehicle and after a while I was uncomfortable with the layout mm-hmm. of it. You know, I bought it because of how it looked and it was cool and everything else. Uh, but once I started to, you know, use it, you know, it, it, that's when I started to see those things that bothered me. Whereas if I had someone that was with me that had mm-hmm. a different point of view like that, they would have thought about some of that stuff up mm-hmm. front. So yeah, mm-hmm. fa- fascinating. Well, you, so, so when, when, when companies are, you know, when companies are, are promoting and marketing, and I love what you said there too, because one of the things that I see in my industry a lot is um, when I'm working with entry level and to director probably. Mm -hmm. I almost work totally with females uh, in the marketing industry. But as you said, once you get up to that boardroom level, um, they're missing. And so, and so the great thing is, is we get a ton done. We get a ton, you know, we, we turn the ship, um, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it's not with the captain. (laughs) You know, yeah. real, realizing what's happening. And mm-hmm. and I love the fact that there's that diversity because there's that back and forth where I might be focused on, you know, uh, tangible and tactical, you know, mm-hmm. but the person is sitting there going, how is this going to impact our customer and and, and what's going to happen there? So how, how does a company, uh, obviously diversity is one, you know, key aspect, but let's say you have uh, an organization that is top down, you know, male dominated, and it's going to take a while, right, to, to you know, to get diversity in, in and get yeah. things changed. Between now and then, mm-hmm. what does a company do, you know, to, to, to basically take a look at this and, and, and start to understand better where they're making these mistakes? Yes. I mean, there's, there's a lot. And there's, I mean, if I were to, you know, when I work with organizations and I, di- you know, dissect it all, I mean, the first thing is to just um, get on board with the fact that women are an influence. And if, I mean, whether it's creating diversity in the workplace, so whether it's um, hiring more women or the initiative of, you know, actually speaking to the world's most influential consumer, regardless of which way or which one you attack first, it needs to be a top of mind focus. So we need to make sure that it's an initiative that everybody's going to talk about and you have everybody on board, especially if you're male dominated at the executive level. The place I'd go next is, uh, and I always share this, is that women want to be understood as a woman first and a customer second. So one of the best ways to do this is to create consumer personas and take a look at women, unfortunately, not by um, their age or their demographic, uh, because the world has shifted. So the traditional way of breaking down or doing customer segmenting is not going to work because 
you know, 30s are the new 20s and 40s are the new 30s. Women are going to school now. They're not getting married until they're in their late 30s. They're not having babies until their late 30s or early 40s. Um, so the typical age breakdown and, um, you know, income or, or job, uh, you know, what, what their job is, is not going to actually cut it because you're not going to understand them. So what I like to say is that I like businesses and organizations to take a look at their life stages. It makes it much more realistic. So if we take a look at a life stage of somebody who is single, her needs, fears, goals, wants, desires are very different than somebody that say has just gotten married or somebody that has children living in the house or somebody that is an empty nester and finally has freedom. And then somebody that is in say their platinum years and everybody, you know, they have grandbabies and they're, they're finally buying that, you know, sports convertible that they've always wanted and traveling the world. Um, but today, those stages, while they've happened um, throughout time and throughout history, they're happening differently for everybody. There's no set, like back in the day, maybe even 20, 30 years ago, you would say a 20-something was primed to be married, right? She'd come out of high school, mm. maybe get a job or fall in love and get married. And in her early 20s, she would have babies. And by the time she was 40, she's pretty much an empty nester because she had babies you know, so early. And then by the time she's in her mid sixties, she's, you know, aiming to spend more time with her husband. So right now women are, some women are still doing that, which is awesome. Um, but there are a lot of women that are, are having those stages in life at different ages. So we've got to stop looking at the age because the age does not a factor anymore. And we've got to break down our customer segmenting or our consumer personas by what stage in life she is. And one of the best ways to do that for organization is, is actually to take a look at, you know, dissect how many female consumers do you have? You know, let's, let's break that down. And now let's take a look at those female consumers. Um, you can take a look at age, but before you take a look at age, I would take a look at, are they married? Are they single? Do they have kids? Look at that and then break down their ages into that into those life stages. I see. And then yeah. from there, you want to uncover what are their needs? What are their fears? What are their goals? How do you help them achieve that as a woman? And then create that experience as a customer. Hmm. And, what, and what kind of questions would you ask if you, if you, you know, if you were going to really try to pinpoint, um, you know, how to better communicate and how to better market to females. What are the, what are those questions that you would ask? I mean, it, they're really quite simple. And, and, you know, it's um, usually when those light bulbs go off, you're thinking, oh, I should have thought of that. But it's literally as simple as, you know, what are your needs as a single woman? What are your needs as a married woman? Um, what do you fear the most? Um, you know, obviously we want to break it down and maybe it's not obvious, but we want to break it down uh, further. You can ask about their social platforms they use because social media and marketing is such a big thing. You can ask what type of conversations they have. Um, you can ask them what their goals are at each. And it's really simple questions, but those simple questions when asked and you actually listen, you will uncover everything you need to know about your female consumer at those different life stages. You know, what's fascinating about that is if we roll that back to the beginning of this conversation, right? If, if the car salesman had first asked you what your needs were mm -hmm. and then second asked you what your fears were, mm 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> they would have understood right away, mm-hmm. you know, that, that your fear was, you know, uh, being respected and, and, mm-hmm. and trusting that this was a good purchase and, you know, and everything else they would have, they would have. So yeah, it would have been upfront and kind of in, in your face kind of questions, but you would have answered, right? A hundred percent. I mean, who's our favorite yeah. person to talk about? And women love talking. I mean, conversations are the glue that binds us together. I mean, I'm sure you've seen your girlfriend on the phone with one of her girlfriends and she's talked for hours and you're thinking, how, how the heck does she keep going? Katie, I'm not going to, I'm not going (laughs) to let my girlfriend listen to this. She's going to be mad at me. (laughs) No, no, I know you're, no, you're absolutely right. She, you know, she definitely where I might go bury myself in research and everything Mm -hmm. else. She is definitely that person first to pick up the phone with her mom, pick up the Mm -hmm. phone with, you know, uh, with other family members, with friends and ask. I mean, she did that when she hired the air conditioning company. Uh, she yeah. didn't go to, you know, she didn't go to Google. She went to all of her friends first and, and she was worried about being trusted, right? So here's the thing. And, and I love that you brought up that point is women are company's number one referral source mm. over Google, over Yelp, over any, I mean, social media, their social media matters because they're going to talk about and share stories, good or bad. And they're going to share, I mean, they're, women are the original social media. Let's just put it out there. Just now they have a megaphone called the World Wide Web where they can put it out there, but they're going to go to their friends first. And if there are organizations out there wondering, well, how do I get, um, have you heard of Net Promoter Score? Um, yeah, NPS, right. Okay. So yep. if most companies, they really look at their, their satisfied customers. If they really want to increase their net promoter score, they need to realize that women are the ones filling those surveys out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and to your point, I'm going to say this again, is my buying behavior is heavily influenced now by my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So, so if the company is just looking at me as a male, 52 years old, you know, everything else, mm-hmm. they're missing that connection, right? Mm-hmm. That connection doesn't even exist tactically in any database or, or any anything. Like, for example, if you were to go grocery shopping, right, and you open, I'm assuming, I mean, and I might be wrong, maybe you love to grocery shop, but does she also (laughs) influence the groceries in your fridge? Absolutely. I I used to just go to Kroger and get a few things. Now we go to Costco and yeah, absolutely. So if you were to go into Costco by yourself after spending time with her, would you pick out the brand she picks out? Would you default there? Right. So women literally influence every aspect of of everyone's life, not just men, but also their fellow, you know, sister, mother, brother, yeah. their girlfriends, their girlfriends, husbands, their kids. We influence everybody. Wow. Uh, it's fascinating. Um, th- this is, this is a great conversation. So, um, and, and, and so what are you seeing when you help businesses kind of get down this journey, kind of revamp their marketing, target better, you know, really go after these personas and life stages, you know, what are the results? Uh, obviously the results are amazing, but you know, what really turns the head of, heads of these executives? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things. I mean, it's, it's really cool because it's a, it's a positive double-edged sword because when you start focusing on um, the female consumer, you actually change your culture. 
because the eyes of the male executives are opened up and they start to actually see things differently, do things differently, and their female employees feel better. So it's, mm. um, it's, it's a double-edged sword. So not only are you going to see the results of higher satisfaction, so net promoter score, um, an increased uh, top-line revenue, increased average sales, because women will spend more where they feel good. Right. Increased conversion, increased referral sources. So, to, you know, how many referrals that come through the door? Because referrals are easier to close than a cold, you know, a cold customer that you've just gotten off the street. So there's that positivity. And on the opposite side, when you start making those shifts, the female employees start to feel it. And it's better for your culture. And you're going to get better employee satisfaction. You're going to be able to hire more women. You're going to have people work harder. You're going to give women more opportunity to grow, which means if they grow into executive levels, it's, it's an ecosystem. It yeah. doesn't matter where you start. You can start with your female employees. You can start with your female consumers. But either way, it, they both affect each other. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And by the way, my, my agency, when I had my full agency, uh, my business partner uh, was female on purpose because yeah. I, wow, I, smart man. because, well, <laughs> because I kept going into these conversations and sometimes I went into these conversations and literally I'm talking to somebody who I, I am not clicking with them, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I knew that there was a barrier where I was tactical and technical and, you know, and everything mm -hmm. else. And someone's asking me about feelings and, you know, and I'm going, I, I don't, you know, those are things I couldn't fit in a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you know? I love, and I love that you say that. And this goes back to my point is that, you know, a leader without followers is just somebody taking a walk and yeah. man needs woman as much as woman needs man. And that's why Adam and Eve were put on this earth. You know, we're meant to yeah. work together. We have two different physiological makeups. And right. if we can actually just understand how we're both made, not one is better than the other, but right. we complement each other. Right, right. So the I love the, we can understand that, the easier I have a friend. Be. I have a friend of mine that works in diversity. We did a podcast recently and she, I love the term allies. That's what I love. I, I love, love it. the term That's allies. Because, because every engagement, every purchase, everything, it's an allied movement. It's not mm -hmm. us fighting. It's not, it's us mm -hmm. coming together. And, and so I, I love that. Well, for everybody listening, again, uh, Katie's book is called Earning Her Business, The Importance of Tailoring Your Brand Experience to the Female Consumer. Uh, we will have links. I'll, I'll put a link uh, both to your awesome. website, your speaking website. Perfect. And yep. I'll put a link directly to that book there too. Uh, the book came out in September. So it's, it it's comes, out. In yeah. the... No, it comes out September 1st. Oh, September <laughs> yes. 1st. Yay. Yes, okay. It comes out September 1st. It's in print. It was one of the scariest things I ever had to do was to sign the, uh, the you know, the release that everything is the way it should be. And I had a dream the night I did that. And I dreamt that the very first word of my book was spelt wrong. I was like, <laughs> 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 well, I, I, I wrote a book about 10 years ago and I remember how nerve wracking that was. Yes, so, uh, but it comes but out uh, September 1st. Yeah. Fantastic. And, it, and people can pre-order on Amazon. Yes. Right Amazon, now? Barnes fantastic. and Noble. I mean, um, okay. any of the major retailers will have it. Okay. We'll put a, we'll put a link up there. So if you, if your business, again, um, I would encourage every business leader to really take a look at this and, and go, go get a copy of the book so that you can, you better understand, like you said, the science behind, mm -hmm. you know, why this is such a, a key, you know, for every business. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you for having me. It was so much fun chatting. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.